Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. So hello, it's Anita here again, and welcome to this mini podcast series looking at how music organisations are responding to the current pandemic. The purpose of these episodes is to share how people in the music education and community music sector are responding in terms of their support to young people. There's a lot we could go into, um, the pros and cons of online, the financial and organisational implications of such massive change. But for now, we're just focusing on the support to young people. So every organisation, of course, has a different setup and a different capacity to respond. And I'm really aware that there may be some of you who are listening who simply aren't able to continue. So if that's you, I hope you're able to get back to the work that you care about very soon. And now I'm really pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, who is Helen Murray from Nottingham Music Hub. Hello, Helen. Hello. Welcome. It's really good of you to, um, I think you responded to my Twitter call out, didn't you, immediately? That's right, yeah. And and to make the time to talk to me today. Can you start by telling me briefly what your organisation does and what your role in it is? We're the music education hub for Nottingham City. Um, So we teach music across the city. We provide ensembles and performance opportunities. With the core of our work being inclusive, whole class instrumental lessons, Um, and the progression that comes out of that and I'm team leader with the music hub for first access so for that that whole class aspect of our work brilliant so that's whole class in primary schools mainly that's right it's primary schools most schools we start teaching children in year four they'll learn an instrument with their whole class Um, and then some primary schools they continue learning with their whole class for the whole of year four five and six some schools it becomes an optional thing in years five and six but uh, that progression on from the whole class is a a really important part of of what we do presumably a range of instruments we aim to have a choice of instrument where possible so a school may do mixed strings or mixed brass or brass and clarinets so it's mainly orchestral instruments we also teach guitar and we have some weekend provision for kind of pop band type things. We have a band factory. Great. Okay. Um, so can you talk me through briefly when you started to formulate your response to the situation? How, how did you do that? Um, yes. I mean, things moved very rapidly. Um, I mean, it was early March. So a few weeks before lockdown when we st- first started thinking and planning. And I mean, this was you know long before any mention of closing schools had come about. The first issue for us really was that a lot of our instruments are shared. Um, That comes about because where a school participates in a whole class instrumental learning programme, the school are provided with a class set of instruments, so 30 instruments, but it may be that they have more than one class participating. You know, some schools have two, three or more classes per year group. So the initial thing we had to deal with was the issue of sharing instruments in schools initially just upping hygiene measures but it very soon became clear that we we couldn't continue to share instruments so we had to replan our lessons and make sure that we had lessons available not using instruments but still teaching the same kind of musical concepts available for those schools where instruments were shared so that was the first step and yeah and then you know when it became clear that there might be a move to remote learning we first of all managed to set all of our stuff up for remote learning 
so we knew everyone could work from home we had to look into um you know if everybody got the the equipment resources they needed and we had to start planning for what kind of provision we could make so started planning for for video lessons digital lessons made our very first lesson just to see what the challenges were for this new way of, of working and drew up some guidelines thought about what training staff might need so that we could get some kind of formula guidance in place for effective lessons to be in place once schools closed and that really happened within the space of a couple of weeks it moved very very quickly there's such a lot of work to do when when something changes like that and so where did you go to for uh, support or resources or help or good practice so internally we looked to which members of staff had particular skills which could perhaps provide guidance or training for other staff particularly with the technological side of things um, but outside of the organization music mark has been one one source of support our head of head of service Ian Burton had um, very early on was in touch with um, music mark and other music hubs to try and get some guidance that's been the difficult thing that the still really isn't any very solid guidance it's but I do know music mark are working hard to, to get some together on, on which to base decisions are we able to to use instruments can we not use instruments and um, that that kind of thing so our, our board of trustees as well have been able to guide and were able to take a decision um, that we're, we're not going to have any sharing of instruments at least until Christmas that's so that's given us something to work with but I think it's been a new a new world for everyone really that there has been you know a lot of goodwill I think between services and between staff and contacts to want to support each other yeah we are still very much feeling our way I think yeah there was a lot of information that that sort of went out and still is really aren't there lots of lists of on of resources and people who can help I suppose that yeah it, that's great but it also can be overwhelming music mark have been brilliant have been youth music um and youth music network um, and I should say music mark is the association for music education and youth music is um, a national charity working with a range of organizations and, and both organizations have been really working hard to support sector haven't they yes so loads of questions for you Helen I'm not sure where to start so uh, with the instruments issue I suppose so we're, it sounds like we're going to talk mainly about whole class today so did the young people already have their instruments did they take them home yeah so we strongly encouraged all instruments to go home we contacted schools by email we phoned every school before schools closed and said please please send instruments home if you know wherever possible However, with that instrument sharing issue, there's clearly not an instrument for every child to take home. Um, and some, some children just wouldn't have taken them home for other reasons. And, and schools also only had 20, you know, 48 hours to turn around that decision to close schools and to get all of their provision in place. So it, we recognise that some children won't have an instrument at home and because of that we're also producing lessons every week video lessons that don't require instruments so um, it might use singing or kind of body percussion or homemade percussion or any of those kind of things so we've tried to provide a real range of resources so we we have the video instrumental lessons at various different levels so easier key stage two harder key stage two and then grade one grade two but then we have the non-instrument lessons and the singing provision as well so we think there is something for all of our junior school level pupils there 
the unknown you know we we don't know exactly who's taking an instrument home so we just have to make our best estimate and try and provide um resources for for all of our pupils is this all going through the schools is your communication with pupils to get them online to take part in in what you're offering is that kind of facilitated by, by schools it is yes it is we go through the schools i mean our as a music service our contracts are with schools rather than with parents so we're perhaps in a different position to to some music services so our programs and partnerships coordinator is in regular contact with schools but also individual teachers we are communicating with our schools every week and saying you know this is the resource that's most suitable for this class this resource is most suitable for this class or these particular pupils and trying to keep that communication up all lessons are on our website they're on our youtube channel and we're using social media to raise awareness of uh, the resources available and so multiple channels to to try and get all of that out but yet essentially we are trying to get the schools to promote it to pupils because we you know we're still contracted to provide music tuition for those schools and we're doing it in a different way now so those pupils entitlements to their music lesson being provided in a different way how does how does it actually work Um, so we've each week for each instrument at each level or and also for the non-instruments series there'll be a new lesson out it's about a 10 minute video and it which will involve a teacher perhaps you know setting up the lesson demonstrating giving a task we might say pause the video now and practice this or try this and then there'll be another activity and then there's a quiz in most lessons to try and get some kind of interaction there we are offering the one-to-one for older secondary pupils but in primary school our focus is very much on group learning so the children they learn as a whole class and even when it becomes optional they they are still learning in a group so rather than having the live lesson at the moment we are, we're doing it this way by providing the video and they work through that tutorial at home the the next step is we are looking at you know live streaming once pupils are back in school or partially back in school having lessons with a live teacher there could work but we haven't been doing you know where pupils are all in their own individual homes uh, we didn't feel that was something that that we could make work ah right i see so it's pre-recorded videos that are sent to the school the school then uses that as part of their daily lessons is that right so so yeah that could be happening i mean i i don't think there are many primary schools streaming lessons i think what most primaries are doing is sending work home um, so you know here's your English here's your maths and so what we would hope is that with music they'll be saying here's the link for the video lesson for music for this week and the pupils can access that at a time that suits them ah uh, yes okay. I mean we have also provided each lesson as a powerpoint to schools because even at this time you know schools aren't actually closed they still have some children in key workers children so we've provided the lessons in a different format for schools if they want to use that as a resource to work through you know for a member of staff at school to work through with the children they can do it that way using their smart board but we think most children accessing these at the moment will be at home and have you got any sense of how teachers are responding to this and how pupils are responding have you been having have you got, got any feedback um a, a little bit it's it's quite difficult to get feedback I, I think schools are finding this as well it's quite difficult for them to really get a sense of how their pupils at home are 
getting on with, with the work that's been sent home. But we have had a positive response from school staff to the, the resources that we're providing. And um, we can monitor things like we can see all the videos are, are on YouTube, so we can see how many times each video has been viewed. Yeah, so the, fir the first lesson that went up, you know, we know it's had sort of over 250 views of that. We, you know, what we don't know is, are they all our pupils? They, they, <laughs> they may be people from other places. So we've got that. It's available to anybody, is it? Yeah, if anyone wants to have a look, it's, it's not musichub.org.uk and if anyone clicks digital lessons then you can you can follow the the various options there they've been available publicly but yes in terms of the monitoring i mean every lesson has a quiz embedded so we know how many pupils have done each quiz but you know some some pupils will have done the lesson and not taken the quiz so we have oh, some way of knowing but it's, it's not a very not a very accurate um, way of knowing how many people have accessed and what their response is but some way yes yeah, at least useful to have some data. And what quiz app are you using? We've done it through um, Microsoft Forms. So they oh, okay. click click a link um, and it's all set up to work, work automatically and they get, a, they get a report back that tells them if they've got the right answers and then each pupil that does a quiz they earn some points for a, for their school and there's we've got kind of a school scoreboard each week to try and keep the motivation up and encourage as many pupils and schools to get on board with this great okay and what would you say are the challenge well you, you mentioned a, an obvious challenge for inclusion which is pupils not having instruments what are the other sort of challenges for inclusion have you found and how, how are you addressing those We've tried to retain as many elements of our usual teaching as we can. Our usual teaching in schools, we, you know, we try and promote inclusion in a number of ways. Firstly, we, we do quite a lot of playing by ear and then introduce music notation and then try and maintain a balance between playing by ear and playing for learning from notation with lots of teacher demonstration and showing pupils what to do not just relying on perhaps a verbal explanation so so the information is presented in lots of different ways but it also takes away the barrier perhaps of, of language we have lots of children with uh, where english is not the first language also the barrier of notation we do teach notation but you know we don't start with it so we've kept that in our, our video lessons there we've developed a way of doing them it's not just 10 minutes to camera they're very carefully structured taking people through lots of activities using a lot of on-screen kind of animations and visual aids as well as seeing the teacher talking on screen um so we've, we've kept as much of that as possible in our in our video lessons um i mean we are aware that not all of our pupils will have a, a good you know broadband connection or have laptops or tablets at home to to view the lessons on it so we've we've tried to keep the file size down and keep the length of lessons quite short so if a family is depending on a mobile phone and just mobile data that hopefully it would still be possible to access a 10 minute lesson also in encouraging schools to send instruments home some of our pupils do play on adapted instruments if they have a physical disability we work with some other organisations, Creative United and OMI, oh, um, yes. to, yeah, to, to provide adapted instruments. So where we said to schools, please send instruments home, hope, you know, if those pupils have taken instruments home, they should hopefully have a suitable instrument for them. So, you know, we've, we've done what we can. However, it, you know, it is one of the more difficult issues to, to manage remotely. And we're aware, you know, there may be some families without any internet access at all. And, you know, that is something we have thought about how, you know, could we provide 
for that. It's difficult to come up with a way to, to provide some meaningful musical interaction with work that's done, just done, say, on paper. So we don't have all the answers, but we have taken some steps to, to try and make the lessons as inclusive as we have. And, and also making sure that there are lessons at different levels. So the instrumental lessons for Key Stage 2, there are already three or four different levels of lessons. So And by communicating with schools about which is the best level of lesson for, for each class or each pupil, hopefully they're accessing something at the right level for them. As we move to think about moving into when pupils are back in schools, we may be looking at having to do a mixture of video tutorials and live streamed lessons with a teacher. And I think that's where the skill of the teacher comes in and the difference of having a teacher rather than just a video lesson is that the teacher can then tailor that to the pupils in that class to, to ensure we're fully including everybody. Yes, well, that'll be a really interesting phase, won't it, to, to moving to, yeah. to sort of live delivery. I'm just interested from a practical point of view of how you, taking a couple of steps back, how you actually managed to create those videos and in what time period, and are you still creating them? Are you still sort of playing catch up, trying to keep up with the programme of work that you would have delivered? How does that work? We, yeah, we've, well, we've had, I mean, constantly through throughout the lockdown period, we've had our full team working on creating those those video resources. So, I mean, it takes a surprisingly long time to produce a good 10 minute video, especially if, as we're not just kind of doing it in one take, we're doing, making it very much, very structured. So it, it really does take a long time to do that. We've had to certainly up our tech skills. We found, we use Microsoft Teams for remote learning. So we've got a lot of contact between staff and team leaders have been leading their teams to, um, to produce the lessons. So my, I mean, I, I lead the Woodwind team and between us, uh, so five of us, we were managing to make perhaps about five videos a week, five sort of 10 minute lessons a week. Plus, you know, plus we, we are doing other things. We have other things going on as well. That, you know, that's what we've been doing up until now. This week, in the light of the announcement this week about the possibility of primary schools reopening to more pupils in some way after half term we have changed tack a little bit from now we've reorganized our staff into different teams and we're now thinking about the multiple options that we might have when schools go back and, and we don't know what that is yet but we we're preparing for different outcomes so we're preparing already a series of lessons for if we can go into schools but can't share instruments for if we can't go into schools because it is possible that even when schools are fully back that visiting staff may not be able to go into schools initially you know it may be that staff who are peripatetic and moving around different schools are not able to go into school straight away so we're looking at the live streamed lessons and planning for that we're having to plan options for using instruments and not using instruments because we again we don't know where we'll be with that and we're trying to come up with some resources that would work for different eventualities because you know we work with the majority of primary schools across the city but they may manage pupils returning in different ways so some schools may have half the pupils in in the morning half in the afternoon some might have some in on a monday some in on a tuesday so we're having to find ways and develop resources and that means video resources or resources that we could just share from our screen we could stream into the classroom 
for that to happen. And also think about, you know, staff training. We've got an amazingly versatile team of teachers, but many of our staff are, they specialise in instrumental teaching and whole class instrumental teaching. But if we have to shift into not using instruments, we, we know some of our staff don't have much experience of that. So we, we're having to think about what training and what resources will help everyone to be able to do a, a good job and to be flexible to adapt to to whatever situation we find ourselves in from June onwards. My goodness, there's such a lot to think about, isn't there? But one one thing I've noticed from the music education sector's response has been so flexible and so very fast. People have just really got on with it, haven't they? Um, Mm. And also tried to share what they're doing. And just curious, are you sharing what you're doing with other hubs? Is there a mechanism for you to do that? Obviously, there's Music Mark. Or are things happening too fast for you to be able to do that at this stage? There has certainly been, I mean, we're, we're part of um, Mayhem, which is music education hubs of the East Midlands, Nottinghamshire, Lincolnshire, um, Northamptonshire, Rutland and um, Leicestershire, Derbyshire. And between those, that there has been some contact, there's been some sharing, you know, um, we've shared our resources and some of those hubs have very openly shared all of their resources with us. So that, I mean, that's really helpful. It's really helpful to see what others are doing. I mean, what we found is that um, while it is helpful to see other responses, we've had to really think about what works for us and for our pupils we feel the greatest chance of success is if our response is as close to possible as what children get in schools so if we teach you know we're used to teaching in a certain style in a certain way if we can continue that as close as we can then those lessons will be more accessible to to our pupils so yes I mean there has been a lot of sharing you know which is great I think it's a great attitude but then it's been you know we've had to very much focus on what we need for our pupils and that's been different for different age groups so it's really interesting to talk about this what we're doing for the, the the primary pupils at the other end of the spectrum the age spectrum our senior youth orchestra we've also kept that going so they normally meet on a Saturday morning and we have met every week um, apart from one in the Easter holidays. We've set them up on Microsoft Teams as well. We get them together for three or four hours on a Saturday morning and we've developed ways to work with them. And obviously we, we can't all play together at the same time because time lag just means that that doesn't work. But we've found ways of working. We can stream a backing track. They can play with that. We hold some online, you know, smaller rehearsals. And that's been, that's just been really, really fruitful. We've still got around 65 turning up every Saturday morning for that. You know, we've had to adapt our performance opportunities. Obviously, they've missed their concerts, they're missing their tour this summer, but we've already done one big, um, like, recording of, of them playing a, a really exciting piece called uh, Copernica that, that we've been able to put out through social media uh, and we've got other projects in the pipeline and what they've done is we've also we're taking part in a, a Nottingham wide music festival that's happening over the bank holiday weekend called Not Stopping so there's oh, a performance great. opportunity for for our youth orchestra we've got some other lots of other footage from different ensembles and our staff have put things together students have sent things in so at the other end of the spectrum we, we've done things in a very different way and that works for us but it might not work for somebody else on the other hand we have had some other hubs contact us and ask us you know for some technical advice on how we've made that work keeping that youth orchestra going so yeah coming back to the sharing it's been really valuable really helpful but we've had to tailor it to to our own context definitely and well done for keeping the youth orchestra going it, it must be frustrating for them not being able to play together i know that's what everybody's saying if somebody could find a 
tool that would enable musicians to play together without the lag and I think they make loads of money but that's not we're not there yet I know it's difficult to plan for the future now but do you have some sense of what your your next steps will be we've already talked about when lockdown eases but actually when we're totally out of lockdown do you imagine that you might continue doing some of these things that's an interesting question I I think we certainly will in in some sense going back to the the primary resources that we've developed i'm absolutely convinced that they will be used again and again once you know once we're back to normal obviously we'll be teaching the lessons live in school but then to be able to say for your practice at home just find this video you know tell them where to find that on our website or it's on youtube and i i think that that will really support effective home practice to be able to you know instead of having that week between the lesson to be able to go and see um, your teacher in a video just going through it again or giving you some practice tips and we've also got backing tracks on these videos so that provides a much more satisfying musical experience for a child to be able to go and play along with that rather than just playing on their own so I think those resources will absolutely be used um, in the future and certainly the technical skills that we've developed, I'm sure will will be put to use. We're creating, our staff are creating some, some amazing resources and that they could still be used in conjunction with live teaching. And in terms of the kind of remote working, I, I don't know. It's good, it's good that we all know we can do it. I, there's not been any discussion yet as to whether, whether that would continue. But I think one of the key things is it's just made everyone think really creatively and think of different ways of doing things. I think it's perhaps opened up the possibilities and in the future we'll have a bigger range of possibilities of things that we could do and ways that we can respond to a situation. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good way of looking at it and I'm interested to see what the landscape looks like in six months' time. Is there anything you'd like to say to others in a similar situation to you, perhaps the lessons you've learned so far or any tips or signposting that you'd like to share i would say i mean the biggest tip i think is the the looking ahead and the forward planning and just keeping an open mind about where things might go and trying to just think creatively about what we could do and look for some you know solutions rather than dwelling on those on those problems and looking at thinking about the things that normally keep you going the that motivate you beyond just the everyday lessons so the performances the social opportunities um, the opportunities for pupils to be inspired by seeing older pupils or performing with other pupils how can we make those happen you know can we think creatively about keeping some of those things going so that we don't lose that motivational and and the celebration of what pupils can do by creating some kind of performance and I guess the other thing is is talking to colleagues and uh, and using the support. Uh, you know, I think we talked about Music Mark earlier and other hubs. Just having the opportunity to even bounce ideas off each other. And and Twitter, as I first came across your post on Twitter, and there were members of staff from other music hubs commenting there. It's just really interesting to see what's happening and to be able to support each other in that way. Definitely. Oh, there's some some good pieces of advice, Helen. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm looking forward to seeing your videos and good luck with all that you're doing. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Oh, it's lovely to speak to you, Helen. Thank you. And if you're listening and you want to find out more about Nottingham Music Hub's response, I'll share lots of links in the show notes on the blog post. So thank you for listening. (laughs) 
That's the end of our show this time. Thank you for listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes. If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.